As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The U, the new Miami, the new Miami, the new Miami, surge, surge, the new Miami, the new Miami, the new Miami, surge, surge. It's a cane thing when we walk through with the you ain't no bark, dude. Straight dog when we bring the fight. Ain't scared of no bright. All right, welcome back to the Wide Ride Podcast. I'm Manny Navarro, Miami Hurricanes beat writer for The Athletic. It is Monday, January 3rd, around 6 p.m. Happy New Year to you. It has been a unique time off for the University of Miami football team. I mean, you, you Scheduled to play this bowl game in El Paso. It gets canceled. Mario Cristobal today finally announces his first hiring officially, and that's the new strength coach, Aaron Feld. So I know Hurricanes fans have been sort of anxious, waiting for more news on the coaching staff and things that are going on. That's coming in the days ahead. Um, All the guys that I reported last week in my story for The Athletic, um, McClendon, the receivers coach, Mirabal, the offensive line coach, Salavea, the defensive line. All those things are going to happen here in the days ahead and, and hopefully an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. But today the news is Aaron Feld, the new strength coach for the Hurricanes. And I wanted to bring on somebody who knows Aaron well, uh, works with me at The Athletic, of course. You guys know him, Andy Staples. Andy, thank you for so thank you so much for coming on, first of all, and, and doing this with me. You're a busy guy. I know you just recorded a podcast on Caleb Williams. So your 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 life is busy, but you wanted to come on as soon as I asked you to talk about Aaron because I'm sure he's an interesting dude. And everybody oh, talks fascinating. He's fascinating. The mustache is what everybody notices first. So I'm gonna start with that. Let's start with the mustache. Did you ever get a explanation of how that thing came about? Yeah, he started growing it out, and I, I can't remember what year. It was 2016 or 2017, and he started growing it out, and it drove his wife nuts. And so he decided to keep it because it continued to drive her insane. And she would, you know, she, she would be like, what, what are you doing? Why, 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 why do you still have that mustache? And, and the more she complained, the, the more he liked it. So, and, and like people would, would notice it on the street and, and he'd be like, yeah. And she'd be like, her, and, and they're, they're, they seem like a very cute couple. She, uh, she's a lawyer, so she's the, the power and the power couple, but, uh, they are, uh, they're fun. And, and so that was it. And, and I think he realized it was a good branding opportunity too. Cause this, he was at Georgia at the time he got there. It was actually 
He was hired when Mark Hockey went over to Georgia as the strength coach. Uh, Mark Richt in his last year, he hired Jeremy Pruitt and as the defensive coordinator. And Pruitt brought Mark Hockey with him to be the strength coach. Basically, Rick said, we want to kind of Alabamaize the program. Mm-hmm. And so Feld was one of the assistants that, that Hockey had brought over. And Kirby Smart gets there, and they all get fired. And Feld doesn't know what he's going to do. He doesn't know if he's still got a job or not. Because it's one of those things, you know, right after the coaching change happens, they don't immediately fire all the support personnel. They just sort of say, well, you know, we might keep you, we might not. We'll, we'll let you know. And so Feld didn't know what to do. So he just sort of waited, just kept doing his job. And when they hired the new strength coach, Feld was like, okay, I, I need to show him I'm that I am someone who takes initiative. And so Scott Sinclair gets hired. And when he comes in, Feld is in there rearranging the weight room, basically moving everything around. And did the right weight room need rearranging? Not necessarily, but Feld wanted, wanted to show this guy, hey, I have some thoughts, I have some ideas, and I'm willing to work. And I, manual labor doesn't bother me. And so that helped him keep his job. And so he got to stay on with Georgia, and Georgia went to the national title game that year. He was on camera quite a bit. You saw it was like, who's the dude with the stash? And right. so he realized it was kind of helping raise his profile. But it was the work he was doing with the Georgia players that caught Mario Cristobal's eye. And he was one of many people that Mario Cristobal interviewed. Mario Cristobal, I'm sure you've come across this, Manny, famous for interviewing tons of people for every open job. He wants to figure out, okay, who's got who's from a tree that I've never worked with before? Who has ideas that I could I can use? Who could who could fit well with what we do? And so Feld was one of those guys, you know, that that he's interviewing as he becomes the head coach at Oregon. And sure enough, uh, it it worked out very well for for Aaron Feld because he then became kind of one of the faces of the Oregon program. Yeah. And you you did a fabulous job. I went back and I was reading your articles because when he first got hired at Oregon in 2018, you, you actually went down there and did a workout. And just for our wide right listeners who aren't familiar with your history, and you played football, of course. You are a football player, so you come from some Bad, level. I of played expertise. it badly, though. <laughs> but you uh, yeah, I was it. a walk-on tackling dummy at Florida, so <laughs> I, I, I'm familiar with how the workouts work. Right. Uh, I never really could use them for much, but now it was interesting because you know it had been a long time since I had been actually lifting anything in the college weight room, and, and workouts have changed quite a bit since since the, the late nineties. And, you know, he got me in there and, you know, here's the thing about all strength coaches, like they would be so much fun to go to home Depot with because they are always looking for ways to build some sort of machine that can work something differently. Like when, when Feld first got to Oregon, they had one, one of these machines and I, I forget what it's called, but it basically is a, is a device that allows you to squat without putting the, the, the load on your back. You kind of, there's a strap around your waist and there's a, a kind of a pit in the floor that the, the apparatus goes down into so that you can do squats, but you're not carrying the entire load on your back or on your chest. And so Feld built several of these himself because at that time they, he couldn't get the budget to buy more and they ended up 
you know, getting the budget, but, but he ended up kind of inventing these machines himself. And, but that, that's what these guys do. And he was doing all, he had all these different things where he's like strapping rubber bands to the bar and, and then strapping them to the ground. And he had me jumping, uh, doing squats where I would explode at the end of the squat. And I was like, are we sure I'm allowed to do this? And he's like, no, no, no. It's light enough that you're, it's not going to hurt you, but you're going to increase your explosiveness. And that's what he told me. He's like, he's like, listen, I'm sure you you look at these guys, these college football players, like these big defensive linemen and offensive linemen that Oregon has. He's like, I'm sure you look at these guys and say, oh, I'm not strong enough. He's like, I can tell you right now, you're strong enough to play football. But what you aren't is explosive enough. If you were more explosive, you would have been a better football player. And he's exactly right. I mean, that was the problem back then too. But his whole thing was, how do I get these guys to be the most explosive versions of themselves? And it's not all about being the biggest or, or lifting the most weight or moving the most weight. In fact, there are guys that they have to kind of dial back on because they're such strong people and they're built a certain way that you don't want to allow them to lift their heaviest because they might get too big and which would make them not flexible enough, which would put them at risk for soft tissue injury and all that. And that's, that's the thing. And everybody assumes they look at, they look at the biceps and they look at the, the mustache and like, this guy's such a meathead, but Mm -hmm. that's not what a good strength. He's not a meathead. He's a good strength coach who is looking at how do I make these guys the best football players I can. And I think when you, we look around the country at the, the really good strength programs, the, the guys at Alabama come at it from a really scientific standpoint. Um, Jerry Schmidt, who just went back to Oklahoma, who was the head strength coach when I was a walk-on at Florida, is just tremendous at figuring out, okay, how do I make this person the best football player I can, not the best weightlifter I can? And that's what, that's what Aaron Fell is doing. And you know, it's, it was interesting talking to him about the psychology of it too, because he said initially, because he, he worked at, at UAB early on, he was a volunteer strength coach at Alabama. He said initially that he was one of those guys who would, you know, kind of challenge guys and yell and scream. And then he realized, okay, everybody doesn't work the best being trained that way. So as he's gotten older, he'll try to figure out how does this person respond what do they respond to? What, what sort of motivation works on them? What buttons do I press? And everybody's different. You know, certain, certain players need to be yelled at. Certain players need to be told why all the time. Certain players need to be, if they need to be corrected, maybe don't correct them in front of everybody, pull them aside afterward and say, I need you to do this and this and this differently. And I think that's important. I think that matters. And you, you've got to, you've got to engender some trust in these guys because the strength coach is the person the players are around the most. And if the players hate the strength coach, it's going to be a bad football program mm-hmm. because that, that, that is the guy they see every day that he is their, their biggest connection to the football program. And so if, if he's not right, and if he's not connected to the coach, if, if he's not, delivering the message the head coach wants and then delivering the information back to the head coach that helps the head coach do his job, then it's not working. That's why I think strength coach is probably the most important hire that a head coach makes even more important than, than either coordinator. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a super important hire. And and for years, Miami had so much success when they had Andrew Swayze here, right? When Andrew he Swayze here. is a legend in the business. He's yeah. a legend, man. I mean, he did great work with those uh, 2001 guys. And, and you know, he, they all come back and they all uh, love Swayze. They always come to visit. I mean, the strength coach is the guy, right, in the locker room that everybody loves because he's out there uh, putting in the sweat with those guys 24-7 in the offseason. So I, I think Feld, you know, he, he looks like – how old is he, by the way? I was trying to look that he up. He is, I want to say late thirties, okay. maybe early forties. He, he, he played at Mississippi state in the early two thousands when Sylvester Croom was there. Okay. So, I mean, he was a long snapper from what I read. Um, but still, I mean, the guy lifted weights with everybody else. He knows what the experience is like being a football player. How much, how important do you think that is for a strength coach or, you know, a guy in that position to have that level of experience? Because Miami has that now, right? Like Manny Diaz didn't play football. Not really. He played at the high school level. He didn't play at the college level. Now you have Mario who played at Miami. I, was just, I, think, I think Mario's playing experience trumps everybody else's on, on that in that situation. Right. But even but even Aaron, at least he was, you know, a four year contributor to Mississippi State in the SEC. That's not bad yeah. either. No, it's not. It's not. And and the other thing is Aaron can walk the walk in the weight room now. Like mm-hmm. the 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 first time I interviewed him, and I think this was this may have been set up for my benefit. I've asked him and he said he said no, it wasn't. But uh he he was he was like, hold on, I just gotta get one more set of this and one more set of this. And he so he's got 315 on the incline bench. So he, he does a set of inclines at 315. I want to say it was like I can't I think he said it was like four or five reps. Mm-hmm. And then he's got 405 on the on the squat rack and then and busts out three or four squats at 405. And I'm like, okay, I got it. You're you you still lift. We got you. <laughs> so but but yes, he he definitely walks the walk in the weight room as well, which I think probably goes a long way in terms of of gaining trust of players. I think that's going to be the biggest difference with this regime, um, Andy, is that you know as much as players liked Manny Diaz, okay, and 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 he was definitely a player's coach. I mean, you know, it, it commands a different level of respect when when the guys that are leading you played the game. That's just the way it is. I don't know how much of an influence, you know, you, you've seen maybe at, at more successful programs. I mean, my, it's been a long time since Miami's been a successful program. I don't know. There's a, there's a, you know, an okay Kent state defensive back. Who's become a fairly good college right. football coach. Right. He's so, been all right. I think, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it, I think it just depends on how good of a coach you are. I really do. I, I, I think that, well, like Alex Mirabal is a great example. The offensive line coach at, at Miami. Right. I would imagine that most recruits meet him and are like, wait, you coach the offensive line, <laughs> right? Well, they're and, and they're going to be Joe Salave and be like, "Oh my God, this guy could play for us now!" Right? Like the the D line coach, but Alex Mirabal, for those who don't know, I mean, he he he's like five eleven, maybe one hundred ninety five pounds, maybe less than that. Mm-hmm. He, he's a now he was bigger because he actually played alongside Mario Cristobal right in high school at Columbus High, mm-hmm. and so they played offensive line together, but there are very few better teachers of offensive line play than, than Alex Mirabal. Mm-hmm. This is a guy, I mean, he, he was never going to play in the NFL, but he knows what he's talking about. Meanwhile, you got, but it's funny because you have Joe Salve on the other side, right? On the Who looks line, every bit the part, right? Did, did play for the <laughs> Titans and was awesome and, and still looks like he'd be awesome. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting mix with that group, but I, I think, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch how Mario kind of 
transforms that program because he obviously was there when it was at its peak mm -hmm. and knows what worked there. Now the world has changed considerably since then, but if Miami is going to be spending the money the way that they seem to be, which is what they needed to get Mario to get Dan Radakovich to, to get all that stuff, then the changing the world might not bother them so much because then they might, they might be doing the same stuff as the, the other schools that are, you know, aspiring to win national titles. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and that's, and that's really what the number one complaint for me being around this program was, you know, people would say, when do you think that you will be back? And I said, not till they start spending money on football. I mean, you just, you can't really be back otherwise. I mean, what other programs have done it on the cheap, Andy? Has anybody done it on the cheap? No, no. And, and that's something that in the state of Florida has been a, a, a common issue with the big three because Jimbo Fisher left Florida state because he was tired of getting in fights with the booster club president over how they were going to use resources. You know, are you going to, are you going to give me a new football building? You're going to redesign the, the end zone stands. Well, they decided to redesign the end zone stands and that doesn't, doesn't work for Jimbo Fisher. He goes to Texas A&M where he says, if I want, where he says, I want this and they make it for him. And then Florida, you had Steve Spurrier telling the athletic director, Jeremy Foley for years, Hey, we don't need all this stuff to win. And Jeremy Foley believing him. And after, even after Steve Spurrier was gone, that attitude remained for years and years and years and years and years and put them behind. Like they're just now getting a football building next summer. That'll be the, everybody else in the SEC already has one. So that's how far behind they were. But, you know, it, it's funny because like that idea still manifested itself in Florida, even after Steve Spurrier was at South Carolina realizing, oh, wait, we need better facilities here and then getting them mm -hmm. and, and being ahead. <laughs> right. Well, I, you know, for Miami, I've seen the upgrades the last few years. They, they look, they built the indoor practice facility. Yes, it's only 70 yards long. Right. Everybody makes Miami makes fun of Miami for that. Um, but I mean, look, Mark Rick started this. He started the push and, you know, Manny Diaz spent his own money on it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought Manny Diaz did a good job recruiting the last couple of years. Yes, this class, this, this 2022 class isn't great, but part of that's because they went seven and five. But Mario's coming in at a very opportune time, man. Like there are good players on this roster. The ACC kind of stinks. And I think <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, just, just found a quarterback <laughs> just uh, right? you know, as as yeah. the season went on. Uh, Van Dyke developed into the quarterback of the future. I mean, yeah, I, I do think it's a it's a very opportune time. And now it's just a matter of, can he build that roster? He did it at Oregon. And, and I, listen, I know everybody's like Miami's home, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it was easy for him to leave Oregon. It was not. Because the roster he left behind there is set. This was not supposed to be the year for them. Next year and 2023 were supposed to be the years. And so to turn his back on that and go somewhere else is probably pretty frustrating and i'm guaranteeing that he gets a very nice christmas card from dan lanning this year thank you for <laughs> leaving this roster behind right absolutely it was it's gonna be a good team next year um speaking of coordinators and i and i talked with bruce about this a while back we both mentioned glenn schumann who i know he interviewed you mentioned how he interviews everybody um still coaching obviously in the playoff what are you hearing on miami coordinator front because you know there hasn't been many leaks there's been a lot of names thrown out there is there any any intel that you can share with us? There's some whispers about Kendall Bryles uh, right. for for OC, 
uh, and he's at Arkansas right now. Obviously, Art Bryle's son worked with him at Baylor, and then he's been at, at several places, including Florida Atlantic, and then kind of bounced around a little bit. Uh, he's he, he was at Florida State briefly, uh, Willie Taggart's last year. That that would be an interesting offense to see Miami running because the the level of of athlete that they can that they can get would thrive in that offense. Now, the question is, how would Mario feel about that? Because they don't ask much of the offensive line in that offense. Now, do you tweak it so that you you can do you have offensive linemen who can do more? Because I mean, like in the purest form of that Baylor offense you're just blocking zone every play and you don't have, if you're, if you're dominant, great, but you don't have to be. And I don't think that necessarily lends itself to great offensive line play. And I'm not sure. So I think there would have to be some sort of give and take there to And you've seen it though, like the way you saw Lincoln Riley evolve the air raid when he was at Oklahoma, where they're running counter and, and really taking advantage of the athletes that you get along the offensive line then you could create a pretty good offense, but you got to be willing, like both parties have to be willing to say, oh, okay, if we do this and this, it could work better. Not just, well, this is what we've been doing and it's been working. Now, I'd say, you know, Kendall Bryles has been working with Sam Pittman, also a great offensive line coach. Right. Be a pretty good example. He can just say, look, here's what we did at Arkansas this year. You know, if you watch Arkansas manhandling Penn State in the Outback Bowl, Clearly good offensive line play at Arkansas. So that's the, you know, I would think you can sort of erase any fear of what the offensive line would look like by just saying, look, it worked with Sam Pittman. You and Sam Pittman are cut from, from the same cloth. You want the same things. Right. So that, that would make sense to me. Now here's the other thing. Arkansas has tons of money too. Right. (laughs) That's a, that's a place you, you're not guaranteed. If you, even if you decide that's your guy, like you're not guaranteed to be able to outpay them. Right. No, there's, I mean, look, that's your, this is why you're in the big boy league now, or at least saying that you're going to be in the big boy league, right? That you're going to spend money on coordinators. You're going to have the highest payroll in the ACC. These are all things uh, that came out of Miami's administration's mouth when they were hiring Mario Cristobal. So we'll see. Uh, it's not easy to put a staff together anymore, is it? I mean, guys moving around left and right, looking for opportunities. That's something that behind the scenes I've been hearing is, you know, even even with money, sometimes you're not going to get the guys you want. Yeah, I, I think it's what you got to do. You got to be able to put together a staff that people want to play for, the players want to play for. Because I, I think that the, what the portal's teaching us is how you coach is, is almost a, as important as what you coach and, and what your results are. Cause I, I think the, the future is going to be for the staffs that the players like and trust and they want to keep playing for, you know, I, I think you, you look at what Dabo Sweeney's done at Clemson. They have, they've had probably the least attrition of anybody. And it's funny because when Dabo opens his mouth, he sounds like a dinosaur, but the fact of the matter is the way they run their program is perfect for the era of free transfers because people don't want to leave there. They, they feel like they can thrive there. Mm-hmm. And if you're Mario Cristobal, that's how you have to select your staff. You know, guys who can get me to the NFL guys, I trust guys who I think care about me. That's, those are the important things for the yeah. players. 
and that'll get finished sometime this week or next week. And and Miami fans were very anxious and want news all the time. Andy, I just tell them like, dude, like you already won. You won the offseason. Miami's spending money on football. Mario Cristobal is here. You have upgraded in ways that nobody would have imagined two months ago. I mean, did you see this coming in any way, shape or form? No, I didn't. I, I didn't expect them to jump into the deep end of the pool financially like this. And I mean, it felt like it came out of nowhere. You know it better than me. I mean, did you have any inkling, let's say in September? Right. I, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. When, when they beat NC State, I thought, okay, Manny's got him playing hard for him. They, they seem to have found a quarterback. They'll be fine. Manny will be fine. Everything will be kind of status quo. They'll get a little, they'll get incrementally better, but probably not competitive at the, at the highest level. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, like when they said they were going to have the highest budget in the ACC for assistance, I sent you the number. I yeah. sent you Clemson's on-field assistant budget. Yeah. It was like $8.3 million. I'm like, are they sure they know what that is? What that right. number is? Right. Well, I mean, it, it's amazing. And, you know, for years, everybody had told me, well, Miami's got the money. Yes, they're a private school, but they just need to be willing to spend it. And sure enough, those guys who were telling me that behind the scenes turned out to be right because they went out and they spent it. They spent $80 million to bring in Mario Cristobal and promised much more. So, uh, this is, this is all, I mean, and look, and when they beat Pitt, I, I thought they might win the division, dude. Like I, I'm like, man, yeah. he's going to, this is going to be it. This is the taking off point, right? They're going to win the division. They're going to, they're going to finish. And now all of a sudden it's almost like, you know, yes, it sucks for Manny Diaz. I feel for him. I mean, I thought he, he did a good enough job to coach beyond this year, but Miami's in a much better position than I ever thought they would be when I started covering this team three years ago for the athletic again. And I, I I'm looking forward to it. I think this is, this is the starting off point. And if you look across the rest of the state, I mean, Florida and Florida state, I mean, it's not like you're facing them when they're at their peak. I mean, these guys are just as bad no, as Miami. Is. Now I, I, I do think Norvell can recruit, even though he lost Travis Hunter to, to Dion, they still managed to close on some top 100 guys in spite of the season they had. Billy Napier comes into Florida with, a very good idea of what he wants the program to look like uh, and, and has gotten, it's actually somewhat similar to Miami where he's gotten a, a bigger check in terms of support staff and infrastructure than any previous coach ever got. And so it's, it's like Miami and Florida both said during this off season, okay, we get it. We have to spend to be in this group mm-hmm. and we shall do that. All right. The question is, did you spend? Did you spend wisely? We'll find out. We will. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot, right? All three, you know, in-state teams, UCF even. Uh, who wins the national title? Who's the next Florida team to win a national title? Does it even happen? <laughs> yeah, it'll happen. I think it'd be. It's either going to be Miami or Florida. It's okay. just whichever one of those dudes gets the roster right first. Now. Miami has a QB Florida. They think they have the QB, but they don't know. Cause he's never been the full-time starter and he's always been banged up, but they think they got a special one. Oh man, that's tough. It's a good story for you. I do right, think right? With, how do we, how do we, I do think this? with Mario there now, <laughs> Miami can do it. Like mm-hmm. I would have told you before. I just don't think they're, they're going to get to that level. Right. I think he can get them to that level. It's just a matter of who gets the roster right first. Right. 
yeah, we'll see what happens here in the weeks ahead. Andy, I, I appreciate you coming on. You want to finish with one last story on Aaron? You did go back to Oregon and, and see them again. So did you see the uh, did you see the weight room improvement? Oh, yeah. Not not by me, but <laughs> yeah, by those guys. He got him to spend some money. That's I, I guarantee he's 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 handed the the when Dan when he meets Dan Radakovich or they, they may have already met. He probably handed him a list of all the stuff he needs. It ain't going to be cheap. It ain't going to. If you can't get all of it, don't worry. He'll go to Home Depot and make it for you. <laughs> I got to go with him to Home Depot. I'm going to see if I can pull that story off. Ask him that's the best. That's going to be a great story. I wanted to go out drinking with Miami's punter. I always thought that would be a great story. Right. But, but Home Depot with Aaron Feld would, would probably be a better one. I, uh, I, I'm going to see if I can swing that, man. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Make sure you follow Andy um, on Twitter. Listen to his podcast. He kicks ass every single week for us at The Athletic and uh, just a, a great teammate to have. Thanks, man. My pleasure. Real five, nine, five, four, five, six, eight. This is the state of Miami. Y'all know y'all come down that way.